This podcast is brought to you thanks to the generous support of Tacoma Creates. The following is a recording of a panel titled Grit City Stories, The Untold Tales of Tacoma. The panelists spoke about the value of preserving Tacoma's stories, reflected on whose voice may be missing in local history, and share what they hope could be learned from community stories. Moderated by Community Archives Center Associate Dendria Barrow, the panel featured Alfonso Brown, community advocate and doctoral student, Charles Carson, owner and director of Beautiful Birds Family Services, Amy Deer, Interim Client Services Director at Tacoma Community House, Maria Petrolovana, a current student at Tacoma Community College from Ukraine, participated in the Tacoma Community House Oral History Project, and Siong Shin, Principal and Director of Interior Design at McGranaham Architects and founder of Willow, Women's Intergenerational Living Legacy Organization. The panel was supported by the Foss Waterway Seaport, Museum of Glass, Pretty Gritty Tours, Tacoma Art Museum, Tacoma Arts Live, Tacoma Public Library's Northwest Room, and the Washington State History Museum. We hope you enjoy listening. I love holding a microphone because I feel like it's all about me. Oh my goodness, can you hear it echoing? I want to say good morning to you, and I need to hear you say good morning back. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to see you on this beautiful day. And um, I want to introduce to you these amazing people on this panel. And we're going to have a little bit of questions. And um, it depends on how long we take for our answers, whether we can take some questions from the audience. Um, we're going to have a very speedy day. It's going to move really quickly. So um, please keep your questions, and we would love to hear them towards the end. Next to me is Maria Petlovana. <laughs> um, and I'm going to read their bios that they gave to me, all right? My name is Maria Petlovana. I'm a Tacoma Community College student. I moved to the U.S. 10 months ago, and since that time, there was continuing war in Ukraine. Because of this, I'm here, and I want to share some information about this war the world must know. I recorded an oral history interview. So if you could welcome Maria, I would love to just applaud everyone. <laughs> Thank you. We share the love around here. Okay, next to Maria, we have Amy Deer. And um, I love the first time I met Amy. Um, she helped me arrange the interviews for Tacoma Community House. And uh, they are on our ORCA database. Amy's pronouns are she, her. She is currently an interim client services director at Tacoma Community House. Helped organize the refugees and immigrants to share their oral histories and provided organizational papers from TCH. Please welcome Amy. 
It's fabulous to fill the claps. I just want you to know. All right. Next, I have the fabulous Alfonso Brown, an individual with a background of homelessness whose hope is to use his experience to educate and inform those that will listen. Alfonso recorded an oral history interview. Thank you. Next we have, and I love that I'm giving titles now. I should have gave descriptive titles to everyone here. Well, I know, I know Amy. I'm gonna have to back up and redo that. <laughs> um, okay, the amazing Charles Carson. Charles Lamont Carson, AKA CC Dove, is the owner and director of Beautiful Birds Family Services, Dove and Flight Productions, and founder of the nonprofit Live for Human Outreach. Excuse me, Live for Love Human Outreach. Let me get it straight. In 2022, Charles produced his first documentary film, Chronicles of My Soul, The Life, Death, and Rebirth of a Native Son. He is currently developing an intervention, prevention, and life coaching curriculum called The Rebirth Effect, and is partnering with the Tacoma Public Library Archives and Collections to produce a documentary titled, Take Me With You, Gifts from the Elders, which will be showcased in late spring 2023. Please welcome. And then we have the effervescent Song Shin, pronoun she, her, principal, director of interior design at McGranahan Architects, founder of Willow, the women's intergenerational living legacy organization. Song Shin's professional goal to achieve the balanced unions of function, design, and human connection led her to find a community-based nonprofit organization, Willow, in 2013. Willow's mission is to cultivate community connectivity and inspire youth through storytelling. Willow has hosted annual storytelling festivals since 2014 to celebrate generations of women who have helped shape our community, spanning all ages, races, sexual orientations, and cultures. These festivals highlighted local stories from Senator Rosa Franklin, Puyallup tribal leader Ramona Bennett, Tacoma Mayor Karen Fial, writer Tamiko Nimura, U.S. Representative Marilyn Strickland, and many more. These are featured in the Community Archive Center's repository on the Northwest Orca database. Please welcome Sam. All right, panelists, now you have to pick up your microphone just in case. Don't breathe into Mike it. Mike, check. Okay, thank you, Mike, check. Thank you, CC Dev. All right, um, and I want to be sure that um, everyone gets a chance to answer each question. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you, if, I think let's just, whoever wants to speak first. I mean, we could go in order, but I feel like that's disingenuous. So let's just, whoever has that response, go ahead. All right, here's the first question. Why did you decide to share your story with the Community Archive Center? Okay, first first things first, um, I just want to say thank you to Anna, Dendria, the Tacoma Public Library, and of course Tacoma Public Schools, because I'm from here. I went to Rogers Elementary, I went to Galt Junior High, 
And then I went to Lincoln until I kind of fell into the dark pits of whatever. Then I graduated from Oakland Alternative High School. And went from there. But those were the, the, the best years for me, um, even though the, the life that I went through was maybe not the best. But anyway, I want to say to all the teachers and educators that despite any changes historically that may occur in the media or whatever, um, you're still the core of the community. And um, you are the heartbeat for young people and adults, if you think, um, and I know you know this, but I'm just uh, going to acknowledge that you're more than just educators. I mean, you guys are daycare centers. You guys are so much for young people. And um, I also want to acknowledge my stepmom, Ramona Bennett, y'all tribal elder. And um, so my reason for sharing okay, my story is because when I was young, when I started in community outreach, um, I was very blessed to be um, sustained by several uh, community leaders, activists, and just beautiful people, and they represented a diverse, uh, a diversity from Native American, Black, Caucasian, you know, all the way up the, up the ladder. And um, I was young, didn't really know how to package what I wanted to say, but the reason that we share, I think as we get older is because we understand that we can represent lots and lots of people through our voice. A lot of people don't get that opportunity to share their feelings and emotions. And a lot of times what we share can be kind of just very flat, but I think if, if we get deep with it, then we really start to pull people in and we can change the way people view the world and view other people. So if my story and my life and my experience can do that, then that's to be the, the best outcome you could ask for. So that's why I continue to share as well. Thank you so much. Oh, I love the claps. That's so encouraging. It feels good up here. All right. Um, who would like to answer next? Why did you share your story with the Community Archive Center? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Maria. I uh, moved to U.S. 10 months ago, and my, my path here started in Tacoma Community House, where I met Amy, and my uh, teacher was Kristen. And I'm so thankful for, uh, that people for helping uh, me with my English, because I was, I was studying English for many years in Ukraine, but I've never um, speak English as now. Like, uh, more fluently and um, so I'm really thankful all Americans uh, to be so welcoming with me because in Ukraine still continuing war, terrible war and uh, um, we have a difference in time so in Ukraine uh, it's evening now and uh, I talk to my mom uh, so this day, as many other days, started with uh, air raid alert um, because Russia uh, launched uh, on Ukraine over than 70 missiles and uh, uh, over 60 was shut down but over than 10 was hit their aim and uh, it's usually aim of uh, that missiles is infrastructure, residential buildings and uh, is so terrible because people lose their lives 
their houses, their native peoples, and uh, it's so, so terrible. Uh, it's war continuing more than um, almost a year, and uh, I remember the day um, when war was started. Um, um, I, I woke up in, at 4 a.m. and uh, uh, with sound of explosions and it was so, so terrible day. I remember it as now and um, I'm just, as many people, I just want this war to be stopped and uh, America and whole civilian world is so helping for us. And we are so, so thankful for all people who support us. So because of that, I'm here and um, I'm glad to be here. I, I moved because of my fiancé. Uh, he lived in America um, almost five years. And I'm glad to be here, to be safe. Um, my family is military. They are protecting uh, Ukraine now. And I'm so proud of my family. I'm, I'm, just proud of people who who support us and yes so that's my story thank you for our invitation thank you Maria. why did you share your story with the community archive center hello my name is al brown i want to first thank all of you for showing up today i think teachers are very special my mom was a teacher and so was her uh, twin sister and I don't know how they did in person I just want to start off by saying thank you for what it is that you do and the reason that I shared my story is that long time ago I realized that we all learn best in, in history and throughout humanity from stories and because when we're listening to those stories we make connections that we may not necessarily know that we're making and the subconscious mind is one of the most powerful foundations of who it is that we are. And the brain responds to metaphors, symbols, stories, and things like that at its best. So that's pretty much why it was I, I decided to share my story. Okay, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Song Shin. Um, I grew up in Seoul, Korea and came here when I was 18. And uh, when I was growing up, um, storytelling was just part of our culture, daily culture. Moms and aunts and neighborhood women, they always kind of get together, uh, working on projects and telling their stories. So uh, when I was growing up, I just heard those stories. And I realized that uh, when I was making uh, important decisions in my life uh, as an adult, those stories just came to me and really helped me go through making important decisions. So that was like one example I thought, hmm, storytelling is important. And second thing is that when my daughter went to college and I thought, okay, I have a little bit more time to work on few community projects. So I worked on projects with uh, many uh, important community uh, leaders in our community. And then I discovered that, wow, look at, you know, just incredible stories they have, and nobody knows about it. And so I thought, you know, we need to share, because just like us, me, and there are many young generations out there 
they can actually inspire by these incredible women uh, stories in our community. So decide to uh, fund uh, this uh, storytelling uh, organization Willow, and um, so by doing that, we accumulated uh, many. Uh, stories, uh, over 45 uh, women's stories and uh, videotapes. So I thought, oh my God, <laughs> just uh, so honored to be partnership with uh, Takuma Public School and preserve these incredible stories so that younger generation now and maybe in the future, they can tap into it and then maybe inspire them um, as well. Those are the stories of a personal, very uh, personal journey of these uh, individual women. Uh, they, their dreams and their internal conflicts and external conflicts, struggles, but still uh, they achieve what they want and you know, they make them who they are. So, uh, so this is all about inspiring younger generation. Thank you so much. Now, I had quite a few questions, but it is 10.30. Thank you, Anna. Okay. All right. So we do have more questions. Thank you. Um, Amy. Thank you. Uh, I'm Amy, and thank you, everybody, for being here today. I have not recorded my personal history, but as part of Tacoma Community House, we serve over... 3,100 students, clients every year, not just like Maria, Maria's exceptional, of course, but uh, that all have incredible stories that are often not heard. We've been in the community of Hilltop since 1910, and no matter what my coworkers tell you, I have not been there that long. It just seems like it sometimes. Uh, but we serve people from over 80 countries every year that have incredible, incredible stories, and so we wanted to partner with the library to record as many of those as possible. Um, not just for people who are teaching and sharing, but also for their children and their grandchildren who are going to be part of the fabric of Tacoma, who can then go back and watch their parents' and grandparents' stories. I thought that was an incredible opportunity, and we wanted to take part. Alfonso, do you have something to say before I go to the next question, or are you just ready? You just read it. Okay, because you got the microphone, so I'm taking that as a cue. Oh, no. Okay, right on. Yeah, I know. You read it. Okay. Um, the Community Archives Center works to identify and mitigate silences in Tacoma's historical record. That's my job as library associate of the Community Archives Center. Whose voices do you think are missing, and what is the impact of those gaps on our community? I have a thought for you. What role could the experience of speaking the truth about yourself to a caring and encouraging person play? What role could the experience of speaking the truth about yourself to a caring and encouraging person play? Well, this dynamic is often overlooked and undervalued in most people's professional and personal lives. And I believe that uh, we should socialize everyone to believe the ism is the truth and act on that truth. And uh, if you want to change society, socialization, it's the vehicle. And I believe that giving everybody an opportunity to be able to share who they are is a very, very important part of that process. 
Yes, absolutely. Whose voices do you think are missing? And what is the impact of those gaps on our community? So, you ever notice that things change the most when pain is shared? In a family, we don't want to hear that something bad has happened to someone in our family. Um, but when we do hear it, we act. And let me flip that. When somebody you love actually shares something real, what do you do? We jump. Because we don't want people to suffer that we love. The problem is that we, we compartmentalize love and say that only my love exists in this circle until you see someone in the street that needs your help. And then you realize that love now extends beyond your family. So to answer the question, whose voices maybe are underrepresented, underrepresented, I think everybody wants to talk. But I think we live in a confine. This is beautiful. See, we can make this what we want it to be right now. We can open this up and make this moment whatever we want it to be. The only restriction is our experience in rejection and our experience and response from others. With that being said, then maybe when we hear people speak out and they're aggressive or a little angry, we understand why they are. Because they're not carrying just their own anger, their own frustrations and their own emotion. They're carrying the emotions and expression of thousands of other people who may not have that chance to speak. And that's why it's even more important when we get these opportunities, I remember when I was young, and I would speak, I think I've spoken in every school in Tacoma, Franklin Pierce and beyond. When I was young, it was like, I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk, flap my mouth. And as I got older, I realized, whoa, people actually listen. So what does that mean? It means that what I say can influence people. More importantly, how I live my life, right? So there are negotiable and non-negotiable things that I do in my life because I realize that there are and will always be people who do not have the opportunity to speak. But more importantly, and especially as teachers, how often have you had to been available for a child who came to you and actually was ready to speak, ready to open up? ready to share and tell you something you were not ready to hear, right? But, wow, it, it changes the dynamic. So we are all in that position. I think if we can all be ready for that, then over, over time we can create that dynamic where it's safe to talk about the things that happen to us in life. That's the short version. Thank you, Charles. Whose voices are missing, and what is the impact of those gaps on our community? Okay, he said I should go <laughs> next. So, um, you know, I uh, 
work at Migrant Architects, we do design um, learning environment for universities and K-12. And actually, we design the SEMI. Uh, uh, one of the recent projects is that. So uh, working uh, in the field to empower uh, students, um, trying to hear their voices uh, is an important part of creating a meaningful learning environment. And I am learning so much about uh, population of our young students. And I discovered that, oh my God, you know, they are so diverse. You know, right now, more than half of student population is of a student of colors, right? And, and I also learned that, wow, uh, you know, just looking at all of you, <laughs> our teachers, you know, education is uh, the most, you know, white uh, professional. Um, in, in America. So uh, just, just by thinking about that and say, wow, I think what is missing is really our uh, students of color's voice. Um, and if we can bring their voices into our classrooms, how much more we can learn from each other, right? And uh, also, since I'm from a uh, you know, foreign country, I hear oftentimes a lot of uh, people of color, students, they say, you know, I am very comfortable at home by speaking my own language, eating my own food, um, learning about my own family tradition, and celebrating my own cultures. But when I go to school, I have to bring somebody else, not me, because I have to assimilate myself um, you know, into uh, the, the white culture. They hurt my... Um, feeling very much and so I, I, I really feel that we need to encourage um, especially uh, students of colors in our classroom to speak up and share their voices so they feel belong. How long do we have for this panel? <laughs> I talk all day. Uh, so decisions are being made every day. We work a lot with refugees and immigrants. Uh, we need to have refugee and immigrant voices at the table. We deal with housing, but we often just deal with adult housing. We need to have youth. There's homeless youth in Tacoma, of course. Youth need to be involved in those decisions. So we have a youth action board at TCH, part of REACH, as our youth, uh, 14 to 24-year-olds. They're at the table. Um, we, we make decisions every day about other groups to which we don't belong without their voice. And we need to change that. And how many times do we take down an oral history of a young person? That's something that I'm trying to reach out and do. And so it's really, it's, it's difficult for them to feel like, my story is important right now. I haven't lived that long. But everyone's story is important. So if you have any young people who want to talk about their life and talk about their experience, please have them call me. This is, a, this is an advertisement. <laughs> All right. Um, that was commercial break, commercial break. Commercial. All right. Um, does anyone else want to answer this question about who's missing? Whose voices are missing? And how does that affect our community? Um, I'm 24 years old and I graduated from university last year in Ukraine. I got a master's degree in law 
and uh, I'm student again here. I'm studying in Tacoma Community College, and uh, I think it's really great that you what what I doing now. Uh, it's really important to hear young people because in every country students are our future, and uh, people must must listen to them. Yeah, thank you. Right on. We're uplifting those youth. We want to hear your stories as well, okay? So don't think that we're not, we're not excluding anyone. So if you want to come see me about, oh, I got a story to tell you, please come on over and see me, okay? Um, that was the second commercial break. Yes. Okay. Um, so some of this next question has been answered, but I'm going to specifically ask it because it has to do with the theme for today. Why is it important? to preserve and share local stories. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to draw a connection here <clears throat> um, so that we can all remember and maybe leave here today understanding why we're connected. So, We'll take a story and we'll say, okay, here's a story that I want to share with you. And we all, like, depending on our mood or whatever, we go, or we go, right? Okay. So if a bomb went off right now, relative to what the young lady is sharing, that's her reality, by the way. That was real for her. We would all be in this building, right? we would try to stay safe and then we would all share a common story but everyone in here would have a different experience with what happened so in our families we tell our children stories right well your grandma was this or your father was that or I used to do that when I was young I used to do that too all that stuff those are stories right and we share those for a reason because they're actually history. And then over time, 30 years, and I'm 52 now, dude, I never thought I'd live to see 52. I never thought I'd have another kid after my 31-year-old son, but I did, he's right there. Um, but my point is, I found myself having to share with him stories about his own brother, right? And then stories about his family. But then I spend more of my time sharing with him stories about the history of my native family and then the history of Tacoma and then it goes from there. And so it becomes this, this connection that extends away from us into the lives of other people. And through those stories, he, his mind then becomes protected from the negative stuff that he sees on his cell phone. Or that he hears in the media about race and about gender and about this and about that, right? Our stories in truth develop and create a strong bond and foundation so that our children and families can continue to stay on the path of the things we say we believe in. Love, equity, and all these things. So everybody's story counts because it could be that one missing piece that changes the whole direction of what other human beings might do in the decisions that they may make. Woo. Go ahead, Cece Doug. Now, 
It reminds me of a concept that I learned as a teacher, rejecting rejection. So these stories can help build resilience and build a foundation of where you're coming from so that when you are out in the world trying to make your way, you still have a sense of yourself. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and tell you my own story, even though I love to tell my story, okay? Nobody's recorded me yet. All right, well, if you want to record me, let me know. Um, I remember not having those stories when I grew up. So I did not know how to navigate and whether I was assimilated, acculturated, or segregated. Mm. Oh, it's making me, making me, inspiring me. Okay, Amy, go ahead. Just real quickly, I'm not a native Tacoma, and I think that's important to share. I'm from the Midwest, and when I say I live in Washington State, everybody says, oh, Seattle. No, I, I don't live, I live in Lakewood, but I work in Tacoma. Tacoma is not Seattle. That's why local stories are important, because Tacoma has got it going on. We ain't Seattle, right? We're Tacoma. The good city, all right? Why is it important to preserve and share local stories? So I have a question. Why does a story that focuses on a character who starts the story from meager beginnings only to achieve great things resonate so profoundly with the human soul? It's a thought. I mean, if you have an answer, go for it. Why does a story that focuses on a character who starts the story from meager beginnings only to achieve great things resonate so profoundly with the human soul? They find themselves in it. It's those comparisons, those um, connections that we make subconsciously and also consciously because I believe there's a part of all of us that want to see humans excel in life. So personally, I am a profound and sensitive soul with an enormous grasp of the human condition and empathy, even by someone of normal humanness, is a really, really huge task. And so for me, I, I remember when, when I was uh, homeless, when I first began that experience, how everything was so urgent, everything was life or death, and the high drama of every day was almost satisfied until it actually became a matter of life and death. And that's when I had to start making some decisions. And so one of the important uh, precipice of the importance of, you know, being able to share your, your plight in life, I believe is so that maybe someone down the road might be able to recognize a, a characteristic in themselves that you shared about you and who knows what the outcome may be. I am a firm believer that, and this is also information that has been researched, that when we have a positive impact on an individual that we can impact seven generations of that person's existence. And so I just believe that through stories and, and sharing, speaking with people that actually care and, and want to hear what we have to say is, is uh, 
a component that we need in our world. Thank you. Um, you know, storytelling is a universal communication tool, and um, local stories is not just a somebody else's stories, it is uh, our story, right? Like their dreams and their conflicts and struggles, and it is actually our dreams and struggles and conflicts because their personal story is not just personal stories, but it's uh, our community history. So for example, when we actually had a Ramona, Bennett uh, telling us her story, my God, you know, just incredible personal stories, but about Puyallup stories, but about uh, Native American stories, about uh, local organization stories. It's all over into one. So we learned so much about that. And I'm so grateful that we were able to archive her story and in the future, that story is going to be just incredible to so many people out there, like really generations to come, right? So that's why these local stories, we preserve them, is so important. It's not just about that person. It is about all of us, right? Um, and so I really always kind of believe that um, the stories really connect us. Uh, we understand each other much better, and they believe that um, scientifically our brain, when we hear stories, you really go into that person's lives. So as though it is our own life story, right? So it kind of really stays with you, and it really, really help you to think about your own story, and you are urged to tell and share your stories with others too. So sharing each other's stories is so important. Um, it seems like a very simple thing we can do, but it really creates high impact for our community. Right on. I'm just thinking about all the oral histories I've taken so far, and every time I'm learning from that person about myself. And it, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, Last question, and this is specific to what you shared with the Community Archive Center. What do you hope young students, if they go on to ORCA and they look up your story, what do you hope young students will learn from what you shared? I think we have an order here. <laughs> hope, man, that's a... That's kind of all we have sometimes, you know. Uh, most people in here may not know my, my whole story, but I think I told Anna one day about kind of the core of what happened to me when I was young and kind of the evolution of what I was able to accomplish before the age of 30. Um, and somebody asked me to provide a bio for something I did about a month ago, and I completely left out that entire history of myself because I've moved past that into a whole nother history. Um, I'm a grandfather now at age 52 with two beautiful granddaughters. Um, I don't want to tell you about me getting shot and left for dead anymore. I mean, I do if it's important, but I don't. Um, I don't want to tell you about 
seven of my friends dying in drive-bys and all that stuff. Oh, well, I may have to. I'd rather tell you about hope, but sometimes you have to be you have to be in the darkness for a while before you understand what hope really means. And I think what I want people, especially young people, since that's been kind of the uh, my heart's dedication most of my life is everything, usually everything, is very temporary. It just feels like shit while you're going through it. <clears throat> Thus, suicide, ideas of suicide, drugs, medicating, feeling unloved. <clears throat> Those are all kind of things that happen to everyone. Every color, every race, doesn't matter. So what I would like people to remember with my story is <clears throat> you do not have a clue what you can do when you have love in your life, support, but most importantly, young people, we, they think they run stuff. I thought I ran stuff. Everybody in this room thought we ran something at some point in time. And I don't care how it changes everybody. The bottom line is they don't. <laughs> but they do have inspiration and they are ready to roll. Listen to your elders, young people. Listen and follow healthy people who walk the talk. If they don't walk the talk, you'll know. But you'll only know from watching people who do walk the talk. And never forget that you're going to get old too. It happens. Or you're going to die. I'd rather get old. So just remember that we all count and don't ever discount your elders and your parents. And stay on the path, man, because hope is a good thing. I love having comments after everybody's speaking, so that's what I just do as a moderator, taking some license. I am reminded of James Baldwin asking, how long do you want me to wait? This has been going on through all generations of my family, whatever this is, right? The world. And it makes me think of hope. And someone said to me, in, in conjunction with that James Baldwin quote, hope is a verb, not a noun. It is something that you need to practice. So um, for this last go around, I'd like to add, that uh, essence of life isn't comic it's tragic and there's nothing intrinsically funny about the terrible facts of human existence tragedy hits on the painful essences of life and like this gentleman sitting next to me I don't want to continue to talk about all the horrible experiences that I had while I was sleeping on the street shelters and different things like that but 
the reason that I'm here is because of what I had to go through and the fact that you know I was able to become a better person because of that about 10 days before I started my master's degree I was sleeping over off of Pearl in 19th I managed to get myself into a transitional housing program but if you understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs safety is one of the basics and so I still couldn't really settle myself in because I knew that I was on a timestamp program and that eventually I was going to have to move on so I was terrified every day those programs come with doable activities that if you do not abide by they're holding over your head you could be dismissed and so the program that I'm currently in now which I'll be completing in couple months. It's really one of those monitor types of processes. It has five components. You've got the problem, you have the pain it causes, the gap in knowledge, the need to fill the gap, and where the knowledge meets that gap. And in this particular context, I believe the story is the knowledge that meets the gap. So I'll graduate with my doctorate's degree by springtime okay education and I'm doing a research project on an aspect of homelessness as a contribution because I have the lived experience and also have the professional development I don't want to continue to have to go in life explaining some of those horrible decafs that I had to experience but I think it is part of who you are and, and, and where you're going and moving forward and so in closing I believe that that is going to be the legacy of all of us what it is that we went through our perspectives the ability to be able to share and then to be able to go back to those archives and see the growth that we've been able to make by the grace of the good Lord I have documents back when I was in the community program over at uh Clover Park Technical College first quarter not sure what it is that I wanted to do but I knew that if I was to become embedded in the process that I could do great things I could still pull up that article eight years eight years back and talk about that and then look where it is that I'm at today and say hey man you know what one day you're gonna stand at the top with people not necessarily by yourself because I know that a lot of times people think those titles are good. I, I don't, I don't want to be anything but helpful in life. And so uh, I believe that the ability for me to be able to share my story during my path has been the difference in me being able to be successful versus maybe an alternative. Thank you guys for your time today. Um, thank you so much for the story. I think that's just an amazing story. So. When we actually gather all this uh, story from all these women in our community, just like that, those kind of incredible stories kind of came out of um, these women. Uh, you always see them as a very successful college professor or you know, president, but when you hear the stories of their lives, they were homeless, you know, uh, when they were young. So those kind of stories gonna you know, come up. So what that helped us is that. 
you know, make you kind of think about your story, right? And I'm hoping that these archived stories will really inspire young generations so they can think about and discover their dreams and then keep going, right? Don't never forget because you just started your life and uh, you have a long journey in front of you, so just never ever forget. Wow. Uh, the reason we wanted to participate again is because of students and people like Maria. Uh, the community, the country at large, looks at refugees and immigrants as uh, some people look at refugees and immigrants and they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources. Um, they don't speak English, right? Maria has a law degree <laughs> from the Ukraine at age 24. I mean, come on. Uh, the first impression that you get or the first label that's put on someone is not their story. And with 3,100 people coming through TCH every year, they all have depth and stories and incredible things to share with the community. So. so the main reason I'm here today because, of, of course, of war in Ukraine, just to, to say thank you, people who support us, who believe in us, and who um, just support in this big, big war. Um, and the second reason is teachers, of course. Uh, my first school in America was Tacoma Community House. It was absolutely excellent experience because I met so great people there, and it was my first experience um, to record my story. And uh, I, I think it's a great way to, um, to like, remember people who, who live here for future generation. And uh, um, at all, teachers are our best friends who, um, who help us to make our personality, who help us to develop and uh, to, be, to be a better version of um, of ourselves. Thank you. Well, I am just um, so excited to have had this panel this morning. I think this is a beautiful way to start your conference. Um, thank you. I love people on the road doing the snaps. You know, we get the jazz flavor going on. Um, and I just want to make some final comments. When you tell stories, you build relationships. And it is my belief, as a previous teacher, public school teacher, that relationships are what enable learning. If you don't have that relationship with each of your students, you may see them reject what you are trying to share. And even if you have that relationship and you see something that they're rejecting, ask. Try to find out what's going on in their context. Because there is a multiplicity to who we are. There are intersectional identities. Race, gender, sexuality, economics. All of those things are part of your cultural identity. And I didn't list them all, okay? We can make a web that spans this table. 
of things about who you are. For instance, I was a military brat. And I said, okay, see, I see you. I see you. We could talk because we have some experiences that other people do not have. All of those things are part of building that relationship. And it helps young ones find themselves. Because every year that they're learning with you, they're finding out something different about themselves. Sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't. Remember that stories, and I got this from StoryCorps, I need to, you know, give credit where credit's due, okay? Stories can heal. So they help you learn, but you can use them as a sap. All right, that's all I had to say about that. Okay, thank you so much. And we're gonna hand it over to Nicole. Oh, I got a whistle. Oh. I mean, sorry, we got a whistle. What am I talking about? You know, I feel like I, it's always me. It's always me. All right. Um, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in the sessions. And I look forward to that, what's that waffle chicken lunch? What's, what's that about? Oh, tacos, sandwiches. You know MSN is magical, right? Magical sandwich makers. Okay. All right. Um, thank you so much. All right, we will and we will exit the stage. To all of our panelists who volunteer their time. To Dindria for moderating. Thank you as well. This podcast is brought to you thanks to the generous support of Tacoma Creates.